0: Welcome to the Get Emergent podcast. This is a podcast about leadership development, improving communication, and enhancing team performance. I'm Cindy Massinger.
1: And I'm Ralph Simone.
0: And today we're digging deeper into a topic that we've touched on in the past, but gotten some feedback that maybe we haven't gone as deep as we should have.
1: And I think it's because the application of this concept, which is called psychological safety, is easier to understand than it is to apply.
0: Absolutely. We've talked about it in individual, you know, just one on one type of scenarios and team scenarios, organizational scenarios. But even our conversation and preparing for our session today, our podcast today, it was making me feel kind of sticky, you know?
1: Yeah. That's yeah, like what- easy.
0: When we were coming up with examples and stuff, there's, definitely was feeling a little bit of vulnerability in some things that we were talking about and how we feel about this topic. And I think our listeners, our clients are right. It is, you know, we can sit here for 20 minutes and theoretically talk about psychological safety and here's what it is. And this is what you need to do. But in real life, the real deal, it is hard.
1: So we're going to help with the real deal today, but let's take a step backwards and just define psychological safety for our listeners, because I think that helps to reset. And then we'll get into this digging around, is it really safe? And how, as leaders, can we make it safer?
0: And perhaps even unveil more of the real deal of this topic. We really love the work and research by Amy Edmondson who is a Harvard professor, her definition of psychological safety is a climate where people can be candid and speak up without fear of retribution. So it's not going to be held against you. I can say the hard thing and you're not going to hold it against me, or it's not going to be a strike against my record in some way, or yeah. what else would you add to that?
1: Well, I actually, I was good. What I was going to add to that as I'm thinking about that definition, I don't know if there's any setting where I'm not a little bit fearful of saying something. Really? And yeah, so in in the settings that I am, are the settings that I have really, really high trust and strong relationships with the people. But I'm not sure there's any setting that I'm not a, a little bit fearful of how what I might say will be received. And I think that's the rub for our clients. Yeah, we get that theoretically. People should be able to say whatever they're thinking and feeling. But I don't, I think we got to help people with how to do that, not only as a participant, but as a leader that creates those conditions.
0: Well, Kit, let me ask you a question. You sure. said you had a concern about how it would be received. What do you think the impact would be? Like, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, a person might think that being rude or, you know, I know there are some people, like if you're in a meeting setting, they think you should give constructive feedback privately and praise publicly. So their paradigm of even the fact that I'm saying something that's different or critical of what they did shouldn't even come up in that meeting. So Mm -hmm. I am fearful that if I don't know the people that well, I don't know their belief system and how they're gonna process. Like I do probably say more than some people are comfortable with in meetings. And I don't think it's because I disregard how it lands, but I think it's things that need to be said. So I I am concerned that I don't really know all the people and how they will process that kind of candor. (laughs) Uh, real time.
0: So I think what you're saying, you haven't said it in these words, but what you're saying is that it might in some way impact the relationship that you have with them moving forward, how they trust you and what they share with you, maybe future business opportunities. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Right? Adversely impacting the relationship you know, prematurely. So I think there is You know, work that has to be done to really create those conditions where people will really speak candidly, honestly, without filter authentically. And we ought to talk about why that's important, right? The reason that's important is so that we're making the most informed decisions possible. That's the reason we want to have that safe environment and we want to hear from everybody.
0: So take the example of what happened with the Boeing crashes, the airline crashes years ago. And we heard this on shout out for Adam Grant and his podcast, Mm -hmm. Work Life. They summarized once again, the story of what happened with one of the Boeing employees who had a big concern about how they were manufacturing parts of the aircraft. And fast forward years later, There were two big crashes that actually were could have been avoided if they would have listened to this guy who brought up some of the issues early on. But they didn't want to hear it. Why? Because it would have slowed down production. They wouldn't have made their budget, all those things. And that's I mean, people lost lives on those crashes.
1: And so that's the real deal. Right there, because one of the reasons people don't feel comfortable speaking up is that it's going to slow things down in the pace. And you know, you know, you're not going to make the schedule, not going to be on budget. I remember I had a boss that said, Don't bring me bad news. <laughs> you want to talk about how that impacts people feeling psychologically safe? Don't bring me bad news. Okay. Everything's great, boss. Well, it's not. And so right off the bat, we are inauthentic in the conversation. And, and I think those kinds of things influence people. So we can say it even in meetings, right? But you know, the real deal is we need to take this a notch down and really give some tips for how we can make it safer so that less is missed and more is shared. I don't know that we'll ever make it where there is no fear. on the behalf of people sitting around the table.
0: Well, I don't either. And, you know, I think the real deal to this is maybe some of the clients that we're working with are not responsible for Boeing 737 airline crashes, but it's the real deal because speaking up might influence their relationship with their boss. You know, maybe they have somebody that Is a really close friend of their boss and they're not performing and they want to let that person go? Is it really safe to bring that up? Is it safe to bring it up to the senior leader of the company? You're stepping on my toes and you're impacting the performance of my team. Is it safe to bring it up to a group of senior partners? Some bad news about the business because in some way, it might impact your quarterly performance bonus, right? So I think so here, that's, that's yeah. again, the real deal.
1: And I think us. here's where we need to talk about qualifying what we're about to say because of those concerns. Let me give you a specific example. I was in a senior level leadership meeting. We were the service provider. So these were the client. I was asked a question by the president, my honest opinion, if their current approach to leading change was on point. Now the sponsor for the leading change initiative was in the room. I had And I hadn't talked to this individual before the meeting. And I was about to say, I didn't think it was on point. I was about to offer a point of view that would perhaps make them look bad. So I qualified it. I said, look, Joe and I have not had time to compare notes. So what I'm about to say is probably gonna come as a surprise to Joe. But based on your question, my honest answer is, You guys are not on point with your approach to leading this organizational change. You know, that is a technique, but I was feeling at risk, right? I was feeling vulnerable because I'm about to answer a question that sells out my sponsor or could be perceived as selling them out. So I qualified it on the front end and then answered the question honestly. I think that's one technique because we've got to be aware that it could land differently with people depending on their perspective and their rice bowl, what they're trying to protect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's go into some of these tips and we want to acknowledge, we heard a few of these tips on the podcast that both you and I listened to by Adam Grant, but I think sharing them with our listeners would be really helpful because, again, I think it speaks to what the real deal is about not only us individually feeling psychologically safe to say the things that we want to say in the spirit of good performance, but also as leaders, are we creating a psychologically safe environment for the folks that we're leading to speak up. I mean, we got to look at both of those scenarios. So So, how about the first one? Sounds simple, but I think it's harder, especially under times of stress. But the first tip is listen to your people and take their counsel. Hmm. Um, Hmm. I want to say something about this one. I think most people would say to that, oh, I always listen to my people. Stop for a second. (laughs) Look for places where you don't. Yeah, I can tell you right now. I, I, you know, when I feel really, you know, this about me, very deeply. When I'm passionate about a topic, I don't create a lot of opening space for people to <laughs> to jump in because I love the topic number sure. one, and I think I know a lot about it more than anybody. And yeah,
1: yeah. So your enthusiasm yeah. and passion, and I think those people that think they do listen to the to their folks. How do you know? How do you really know? But I think that is a that is a good tip. Followed by the second one, which I almost like as the first one, but setting the tone. You know, setting the tone for psychological safety, and I think it's there's an element of being vulnerable, and even sharing. I, I'm not really sure what the right answer is here. And that's why we really need to brainstorm this. That's why we really need different perspectives. I think setting the tone in a very genuine and sincere way is really important to let people know it is safe. And not to to like purposely offer a dumb idea, but to be truly vulnerable, that you don't know what the right answer is. And that's why we need to hear from everybody And I think if we can allow the time and space, it ties to listening, to really hear what people say without having to decide too quickly. I think feeling like we need to decide too quickly impacts how much people speak up and how authentically they speak up. And I also think
0: setting, adding to setting the tone, part of setting the tone is admitting when I make a mistake, admitting when I missed a deadline. There's a way to go about doing that, but you know, by doing that authentically, it creates an air of okay. That's okay. I mean, no, it's not okay to miss a deadline. It's certainly not okay to miss a goal. But mistakes happen. Things happen. Mm.
1: Maybe the key word is consistently. It's not okay to consistently miss. Right. But I think what gets lost in there is I think some leaders think that they always have to be pristine. They've always got to be showing the right image, the right response. And so they spend more time around the image and how they look as mm-hmm. opposed to really being authentic about how they're feeling and where they're at. So I think it consistently missing is, is not good, but we all have to be vulnerable enough to admit when we're not hitting on all cylinders Because why would anybody else lead with that if we're not willing to do that ourselves? So I think our behavior and our honest sharing of where we're not confident is important for psychological safety.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I love this third tip about creating regular touch points or just regular conversations around the opportunity for people to share their ideas, to get people to speak up about maybe what's not working or what could be better. You know, it's almost like you're creating a culture of let's continue to talk about what we can develop. I heard the term the other day, happy talk. Mm -hmm. You know, when there's too much happy talk, you know, something's missing. Right. There's there's too much good, too much smiles, too many unicorns, cupcakes, butterflies, and rainbows. You know, we got to make sure, you know, the good stuff is good, but let's make sure we're really surfacing what needs to be addressed. It may feel uncomfortable, but, you know, almost have regular touch points where the expectation is we're going to talk about what can be better.
1: Yes. And I think the more you practice that, by having, as you said, these regular touch points, the more comfortable people become with being uncomfortable with sharing what's really on their mind. Mm -hmm. And so now that becomes the new norm because we have these uh, opportunities. I think the fourth one is this, this leading by doing. Oftentimes leaders are so disconnected. Sometimes you gotta get boots on the ground and you've gotta immerse yourself in what's actually going on. Because if you're too far removed, you may discount the real conversations that people are offering. And I think this, you know, leading by doing and so people know that you're credible. You kind of understand why there needs to be a candid conversation about this particular product or process because you've got some hands-on experience with it. So I think that's that's the fourth tip that we would Well, offer. If,
0: and if anything, it allows you to be more empathetic. When you are you get in the trenches and you really understand the work. I think some leaders are, you know, they're so far removed from the actual work, you know, they've progressed from being an expert subject matter expert, individual contributor Team leader, leader of the department, you know, they've moved up. Things change down in the trenches. Sometimes they're disconnected from what's really going on. And so I think the ability to stay connected to, you know, what's really happening down there is really important. And I realize that that sounds slightly counterintuitive to what mm-hmm. we talk to our clients about about you know situational leadership and being less directive and supportive and stepping back and trusting your people but for this one it's not necessarily about micromanaging or undermanaging people it's more about just making sure you're keeping up to date and informed and relevant about what the real challenges are
1: it's connected enough to have compassion because if you're really disconnected and I've heard these statements, just get it done. Well, now think about that statement as it relates to psychological <laughs> safety. Okay, just get it done. I'm not gonna raise any concern because I just got the command to get it done. So I think it bridges that gap. What's the last, the fifth tip that we'd offer?
0: This last tip I, is actually my favorite. And I really, I loved hearing about this. On the podcast, they interviewed McRaven, who's a one top military advisor, and he talked about his experience in the military, and he talked about accountability travels both ways, and the need to set standards and make sure those standards are communicated so that people know what they're going to be held accountable for and then this idea of setting the standards here's how we're going to roll here's how we're going to operate you know if we're all working from that same vision for example right that same set of standards doesn't it make for an easier environment to bring things up when we aren't hitting those standards right absolutely. like absolutely I was thinking about how this creates a more psychologically safe environment. And if I'm crystal clear on what the standards are and and how I'm going to be held accountable, how couldn't it be safe to bring things up when things happen? Now, I realize that there's circumstances that would make it unsafe, but I can see where that would make it just a little bit
1: easier. Well, the clarity of commitment drives a psychological safety it become actually the accountability and we've talked about this before becomes self-evident and this is where if the real deal is you've got to have clear ground rules by which we are going to operate around communications around conflict around commitments. I mean, one of the biggest miscommitments in most organizations that goes ignored often is meetings. (laughs) You know, when you schedule a meeting, you're making a commitment and but have a ground rule around what does that mean and who needs to be there and what's a legitimate reason for not being there. When that is crystal clear, people hold themselves accountable to that standard they don't need to be called on the carpet by anyone. They know it first. But it's when it's ambiguous and not clear that people then say, well, shit, did we have a commitment? If we didn't, how can I hold somebody accountable when it was fuzzy to begin with? We need to slow down. And I think that's where we got to speak up. I think, we're mo- I think one of the comments I'd love to hear in a psychological safe environment is I think we're moving too fast. I don't think we've had enough discussion on this topic to commit to a course of action. And then a leader hears that and they said, excellent. Thank you for slowing us down as opposed to rolling their eyes. Like, oh, here's another guy that, you know, so I think that's an important distinction.
0: How about take a sticky situation of where someone on your team is your boss's nephew. I'm just going to make this up. And The nephew is not performing to the level that you need him to perform, let's say. If there's a clear agreement and alignment between you and your boss about what the standards are and what the expectations are, the conversation about this individual not meeting performance standards should be a little bit easier. Correct. Right? It should be a little bit safer. Because you've already agreed on what the standards are. And that's why I love this one for a tip around creating a more psychologically safe environment. It works both ways.
1: The clarity of the standards mitigates you know, any misunderstanding of what the commitment is and it makes it psychologically safe to address it. In fact, the accountability becomes self-evident when the standards are clear.
0: We really wanted to, we called this the real deal about psychological safety today. And our intent was to provide more ideas and more ways for people to really tackle this topic that is hard. This is a real part of what it is to lead, both experience it ourselves, can we speak up, and also creating the environment for our people to do so. We know that the advantages of psychological safety are related to avoiding errors, promoting creativity, and even fostering belonging and inclusion. So we hope we've done it a little justice today by tackling this one once again. What would you add?
1: I think experiment with setting the tone. I think the one thing that I'm gonna do is the next meeting I'm part of, or particularly running, set the tone we know that it's difficult for everybody to speak up. And I'm gonna tell you the last meeting I was in where I didn't speak up and how it impacted the results. So let's you know, take a moment and take the filters off and really speak candidly. So set the tone, the next meeting that you lead in particular, create that environment by how you lead it off.
0: Great advice. And please come back for more episodes of the Get Emergent podcast, including the Driving Leadership podcast series with Bill Berthel.